Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here at Ikuba with Howard Tybal. We have never done this live. This is very exciting. I'm very excited about our guests. I can't. I mean, it's it's hard to believe. I've heard so much about both of these women uh, in uh, my work with you. Uh, I don't even... I'm, I'm giddy with anticipation. We have Lynn Schaefer, who is Vice President of Finance and Administration at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC. And Vice Chair of the Ikubo Board, welcome. Got it. Thank Excellent. you. Happy it, to be here. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you here. And Marta Perez-Drake, Vice President of Professional Development at Nakubo. Thank you so much for so being here. So happy to be here. Oh, it's a, real, it's a real pleasure to have you both here. Thank you so much for joining us. We have, uh, you know, this has been such a wonderful, uh, today in particular was a really wonderful uh, way to kick off with Cindy Matson's conversation uh, with us today, the keynote. And she, uh, she talked a lot about these these meta competencies, you know, this increasing awareness that there is a changing role for chief business officers and it's demanding some new skills, right? I wonder if you guys could talk a little bit about what you got out of her conversation and how, uh, how Ikubo and Nakubo uh, are, are addressing some of these competencies in professional development. Lynn, can we start with you? I think we all recognize that the role of the chief business officer has changed and the requirement that we all strive to be better strategic leaders is increasingly strong. And what does that even mean? What does it mean to be a strategic leader? And for us it means no longer can we be bean counters, stuck in the back office, stuck in just with our green eye shades, looking at keeping the organization going and being partners with the rest of the organization why? Because the problems are more complex, because the issues of financial sustainability are facing us every day, and we need to work with our partners across the campus to deal with those issues. That's a, that's a powerful message, is this idea of working with your partners. And one of the things that she said today that really stuck with me was this idea of uh, the, the challenges that come with chief, when chief business officers and chief academic officers have to go to marriage counseling. I got, I got such a nice chuckle out of that, but I think there's an important subtext in there, Marta. Yeah, absolutely. We've been doing a lot of work in this area at Nakubo. We have uh, a program that we do, and we absolutely call it marital counseling, where we bring CAOs and CBOs together, and um, they work on a lot of problems. They don't have a lot of opportunities to work together. Uh, so uh, part of what she was getting at today that we've been talking about a lot is being bicultural and bilingual, and when we were, when we talked to our presidents and asked them, you know, what's the most important thing that they want their CBOs to be? One of those qualities is to be able to teach, to be able to teach faculty, teach them how to understand financial information and financial data, and to interpret it so that it's tangible and it's digestible to the rest of the institution, not just their CAO counterparts, but also faculty, parents, students. Uh, and it's very critical to understand, especially in these changing times, what it means 
to finance and run an institution. It's, uh, it, do you get the impression that that's a difficult mantle to carry on for chief business officers? Howard, what's your, what's your take well, on I'll tell you that what I'm impressed with is, and I'm curious, Marta, given your tenure at Nakubo and also your experience, Lynn, is this idea of educate, seeing themselves as educators. And I remember even in our session today, even raising that, and I'm sure that some absolutely have that mindset. Do you, do you fundamentally believe that this is a skill that can be learned, being an educator? Like, I'd love to hear both your perspectives on this. Absolutely, and I would say being an educator and being a learner. So being an educator to help people who don't live in this financial space all the time understand the key messages that, that are important to them but also learning, learning what's important to everybody across the campus, uh, especially the, the core mission of the campus of education and research and service, really understanding what's important to them and helping them to achieve that. I think the other thing is, uh, Cindy talked about social and emotional intelligence, and that's one of these other meta competencies that we're talking about. And it's that social awareness. You never hear in our world, you never hear of a chief business officer struggling and not doing well in their job because they're not a good accountant or they don't know how to crunch the numbers. They are um, struggling with the awareness of how they're coming across, how they're communicating the information, how they're engaging with their uh, colleagues. And uh, it's... It's really important for them to understand to be more empathetic. And it's hard sometimes because if you're engrossed and you're an expert in one area and you're working with a lot of faculty who have PhDs and one thing or another, the assumption is that they're going to know how to read a spreadsheet. They're going to know and understand the numbers. And uh, that's what I was getting at earlier about teaching. What, We've talked a lot about communicating financial information effectively, but what we heard from our presidents is that they want, they used a different uh, language. They used teaching. And I think that that's what's so fascinating and enlightening about being in an academic environment is that we're all lifelong learners. We're all learning. And that to be mindful of the fact that you're bringing expertise to the table and that you have to think about where the other people are around the table and not to just assume because the guy across the table or the woman across the table from you is a world-renowned expert in some obscure textile from the Middle East that they are able to have a confident conversation around how the university is run and how uh, you've arrived to these numbers and how the institution is making decisions about how to either spend money or to make cuts. Did I hear uh, correctly today, one of the things that, that I, I thought was really fascinating was this idea that, that there was a disconnect between what the presidents were uh, expected of their chief business officers and what the chief business officers expected or, or, or believed that the presidents expected of them. Uh, can you reflect a little bit on that? Was that something that I missed or, uh, or was that an accurate representation? So I, I don't think it's necessarily a disconnect. I think that chief business officers who are self-aware and are truly engaged in the changes in our profession 
totally get that and are totally on board with being that strategic partner on the campus. So I think, you know, that whole, we were bean counters, we were back office people, that is passe. And people who are in that space, like Marta said, somebody who just views themselves as a financial expert, they're probably not going to be as successful today as they might have been, you know, a couple of decades ago. I got a question about hiring. Are, are chief business officers increasingly being hired, in your experience, with these new competencies in mind? Because I would imagine that really is a big factor in getting the right people in the right roles. Yeah, doesn't that get to our, our, our presidents uh, e equipped with the right skills to be able to hire? I would say, you know, I probably get con contacted once a week from a search firm looking for candidates for chief business officer positions because, as you know, many of the people in our profession are starting to retire and it's a very competitive field and every single one of them focuses primarily on these meta competencies. It's really just accepted that you have to have the financial acumen, the, the experience. You also have to have these other emotional, social, strategic uh, capabilities. Yeah, I, I think the role of the chief business officer has been evolving for a long time. It's actually probably evolved more than any other position on campus besides the president. Uh, we talk to chief academic officers and their role hasn't changed that much. They're still doing very much the same thing that they were doing 15, 20 years ago. But after the, particularly after the Great Recession of 2008, that's when I think chief business officers were really thrust into the limelight. Like all of a sudden, they are in the spotlight. What's going on? How are we going to manage this? And they were really sort of catapulted into a whole new sphere of uh, decision making, of, of being a university spokesman that, that they never had to be before. So, but going back to your other question about our schools hiring for these meta competencies, we're really at this major cliff, I think, with, hire, with, with chief business officers. We have, oh, if, depending on the data that you look at, you either have chief business officers that are retiring at a rate of 12 to 15% a year, or you look at one other study, they say 60% are going to retire in the next five years. And so you have a huge uh, you just have a huge opening. Uh, there's so many positions that are open. And you can imagine, you have the seasoned CBO who's been there forever. They put in their retirement notice and they're going, oh my gosh, what the heck are we going to do? Who's going to replace this person? And they're turning to, I mean, we're starting to see a few phenomenons. We're seeing a lot of churn. So a lot of sitting CBOs are then replacing seasoned CBOs, but they also have a lot of experience because nobody wants to put a green CBO into a, Such a an position. Such important role, and, right. And then you're also starting to see a lot of interim CBOs because they're really struggling to find that right fit. Somebody who understands the institution, somebody who can really, um, who understands the issues specific to that organization, who will fit right and develop trust with our with the faculty 
So there are lots of things that are going on, and there's a lot, I think, of anxiety around what is, who's going to replace the people who are sitting in those positions today. What would you say is uh, Ikubo and Nakubo's uh, role in, or, or I would say, uh, uh, directive in preparing young CBOs in particular? You know, how do you become this strategic leader? Right, right. And we have been giving a lot of thought to that uh, at the leadership at Ikubo, at Nakubo. And Marta and I have talked about some specific kinds of things that are important. You know, one of the things is being intentional about creating your, creating yourself as a strategic leader. Intentional in terms of being curious, being an active listener, being somebody who views themselves as a lifelong, lifelong learner. It doesn't magically happen that all of a sudden you're a strategic leader. You really have to pay attention to it. It's also a, one of the things that Ikubo has been really, um, I think, a forefront a thinker, cutting edge uh, in this area is shifting gears and not focusing so much on someone's title, but focusing on someone's mindset and trying to find people throughout the organization that have those threshold competencies, but it takes a lot more than that. Who's the person who's actively engaging across silos across campus? Who's the one that's going out and seeking out new opportunities to sit on a committee or um, involve, get more involved in the community or willing to take that, it, willing to raise their hand when there's a tough question during a town hall meeting and looking at what the, what individuals want to bring above and beyond their threshold companies and then identifying them and then cultivating them because you want to be able to have people who have a very varied experiences uh, to come and bring that experience to the table when they become a CBO. And I think there is no uh, shortchanging experience. So the experiences that somebody has, the years of going through all the different aspects of this work, the the good things that happen, of course are reinforcing, but it's really the bad things that happen during the course of your career that you learn the most from. And so you, you just can't replace that with just waving a magic wand and saying you are a strategic leader. If anybody would know uh, how to uh, increase our capacity in this field, it would be you too. Thank you so much. Marta Perez-Drake from Nakubo, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. And Lynn Schaefer from UMBC. Thank you, Pete. A pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us, Lynn. This has been a real treat. Howard, how do you feel? This is awesome. We have a little look, private conversation going on here. We didn't even say this is the, uh, we're in the Cheers Lounge. This is the Cheers Lounge at the, at the Ikubo, Ikubo annual meeting. Yes, so, it's just um, a treat. Thank you for participating in this, both of you. This was, uh, there's, you're in the forefront without question in leading a conversation that for many of these people, I think we're all looking for guidance. So thank you for, uh, for being willing to be in the conversation with us. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Uh, and uh, on behalf of Howard Teibel and our fantastic guests, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, a podcast from Teibel, Inc.